0: and welcome to Considerable Thought, a Care Church podcast. This is episode 16 of season one. I am one of your hosts and producer, Jaron Brandt, the student minister at Care Church, and I am alongside my friend, my co-worker, the big guy for the little guy, Drew Gaylor. Drew, how are you this afternoon? Doing
1: good, just doing my part to uh, look out for the little guy.
0: You're always a representative of all people who need it. Yes. So almost to a comical stance at times. Yeah, I'm willing to go the comical route and just be the absurd... Just, yeah. This came to mind because just yesterday, uh, this is what we record on Thursdays, yesterday we were in the office, and we have this very elementary-style whiteboard where we let people know if we're in the office or out of the office. And uh, there's, you know... The order in which we are on this chart uh, is not really alphabetical, or there's no hierarchy. Really, it's just I I think it's just random. We have different colors, and I choose my favorite color and put it on there. But every time someone shakes up the board, Drew always looks at it and goes, "Oh, this isn't right." He has to make sure that his name is at the bottom of the list. Absolutely. Which? Why do you do this? Well,
1: partly it's it's because just this. uh, uh, humbling of myself, making sure that I'm, thinking, I'm not thinking of myself more highly than others. But also, you know,
0: we do read that the last will be first and the first will That's be right. last. That's so, right. I said at some point, <laughs> Drew, this yeah. is this is doing what you don't want to do.
1: Yeah. There, so I, I told you it reminds me of a story. There's a story of different uh, people in a church uh, kind of coming up and just competing to see who could uh, humble themselves the most, basically. They would fall down and say, I am nothing. And then someone who they thought was below them came up and did it, and they like, Look who thinks they're nothing, and so it's like, yeah. At some point, it becomes the reverse of what I want it to be. But for now, I'm going to stick with it. I no, like the that, consistency. I like great. that you focus on your favorite color. And I focus on make yeah, sure I'm, I'm owning at the bottom. It. I'm
0: owning it. Oh, I, I own it too.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: No, no, I do appreciate. Drew is always someone who is looking to make sure that others are before him and always looking for the people who are underrepresented, uh, both at our church and in society, and so that's what he sticks up for. So the big guy for the little guy. I think that's one you should be proud of, Drew. I do like it. Yeah. Uh, this is, like I said, episode 16 of season one. Last week, I think I had mentioned that we knew when the season was going to come to a close... And I think I lied uh, last last episode probably, because we both probably lied, which yeah, is fitting
1: for First John, Exactly. a bunch of liars. <laughs> yes, liar we are.
0: We, no matter what we do, we lie. And so we actually did come up with a solution on when we're going to end this season. We're in the middle of a First John series. We're going to talk more about First John here in a little bit, but uh, as the series comes to a close, we figured we can at least close the season out with the series in 1st John. Originally, we were going to end with episode 17, which would mean we were one podcast short of finishing the 1st John series. And that just didn't seem right. And so we're going to, even though it kind of creeps into the summer a little bit, we're going to go until episode 18, finish out 1st John. And also it's fitting because it means that our podcast has officially become an adult at the age of 18. And so true. the moment it reach, reaches maturity... We cut it off.
1: Yeah, and actually, it's the, the, the day we record our last podcast will be the day after Richardson School's end, and the day, the last day, teachers and staff will be reporting. So oh. technically, we're still getting it under the wire of before the summer okay, starts.
0: that's perfect. I'm glad okay. we changed the agenda then for yeah. this season. So yeah, episode 18 will be our last one of season one, and then uh, we're still brainstorming about what is next for the brand of Care Church Podcasts. Currently, I always say that this is a Care Church Podcast, and that's true, but it's also the Care Church Podcast. So we're going to do something in the summer. When I say we, I really mean Drew is probably going to uh, head up something in the summer that we can add uh, kind of a side project to what Care Church does in the uh, you know ever-so-empty podcast space. Oh, yeah, there's not, na- there's not enough podcasts. There's never enough podcasts. So, um, in fact, I think no, it was, oh, go on. I'm, you inter- might even be saying that what I'm about to say. Well, you introduced me to Conan's that's podcast. Right, that's what Conan, I was
1: gonna... Conan has a, needs a friend. And so, uh, which I love and it's, it's great. But they talk about, <laughs> Conan talks about how, uh, the world is going to end because everyone's doing each other's podcast. <laughs> right. Because in fact that he goes, that that's, what's going to stop the wars is because people won't have time because they're doing each other's podcast. But the problem is people won't be like planting crops and things. And so eventually we'll just fall asleep. Because all we're doing is podcast.
0: Is that what you're thinking? I I was thinking I was also thinking of a Conan quote about podcasts, but it was uh different than that one. It was him saying, uh the only way that you can get uh two middle aged white men to talk about their feelings is on a podcast. Ah, uh, yes. And that's also very true. <laughs> and so yes. I feel I feel like we're uh falling into that stereotype every time we meet here. But anyway, um it's been a lot of fun for us and hopefully it's been encouraging and uh I don't know educating in a way uh, for our listeners, able for them to better get equipped uh, for the Sunday morning experience, and even just uh, learn a little bit more about uh, the book that we both love when we talk about Scripture. So we're going to get into uh, the episode for today. First, John, before we do that, we have to go through, trudge through... We get to go through. We get to go through the segment before Sunday. Drew, let's start with you because I'm positive that what I'm going to talk about is going to throw us in a loop. Okay. I know for a fact. So let's start with you and then we'll go into that.
1: Sounds good. I look forward to the loop. And uh, one of the things I am thinking about what is something that we could do during the summer to fill the void that will be created by uh, this podcast uh, taking a break for the summer. And so uh, this is considerable thought. So the podcast, whatever it ends up being, Will be whatever the opposite of consider considerable thought is like. Uh, You're going to just, go the random, random thought? No, I just it, it won't be like. Oh, I understand. You know, we put careful thought into this. And I this, mean, oh, okay. we, we spend hours of every day making sure that this podcast is like. Yeah. Uh, is, is just represented well, and we put the right. Just anyway, we put considerable thought into That's this right. podcast, and so um, we take care. With it, mm-hmm. so whatever the opposite of that is, well, I'll, I'll try to do my best to to be random thought or uh, just fly by the seat of my pants thought. I don't know. We'll figure something out. But uh, but then another thing that happened a couple of days ago, and this was on Mother's Day uh, afternoon, uh, we were driving to our lunch location, and uh, I was in my car with my daughter and uh, Jennifer, my wife, was in her car with uh, our son, and uh, my car while I was driving on six thirty-five just quit. And it's a pretty like scary experience to yeah. just be going down about 60 on 635. Uh, for this podcast, I was going 60. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so just the car just stops. And so it's like, there's nothing I can do. And so I just start coasting. Thankfully, it wasn't that busy. And so I was able to get off to an exit. The problem was when I got off the exit, it was just past Hillcrest and right before Preston Road, if you kind of know the area. And there's yeah. this hill on the Exodus road. And so I'm going, I'm not going to make it to the top of the hill. So I just turn into this, this random driveway. Thankfully there was houses along here and oh, yeah. this random driveway I pull in, I go knock on the door, talk to this guy. He was very nice. Um, ended up getting it, had me get it towed and get it fixed. But uh, just that experience was uh, not fun to have it just quit on the road. Right.
0: What, what did you tell this guy the guy that you knocked on his door, like, what were you? Were I you clearly asked? woke
1: him up from a nap, which I felt bad about. Uh, he, he was not thrilled that I had uh, disturbed his nap, and uh, he uh, he came with this dog. And just in case I was, you know, I guess somebody that had uh, not so good motives to knock yeah. on his door, but uh, he was very friendly. He was fine. He was like, yeah, just. He gave me his number. He said, let me know what's happening, and uh, and so I, I texted him once we were the car was gone. He never texted back, which I'm a little disappointed in him about. So uh, wait, I thought we I thought t- we'd established a good connection in that five were minute conversation. Were you just telling
0: him that like my car is in your property? That was the reason for the knock on the door. Or yeah, you I like, mean, I hey, was. Do you I was, have gasoline? No, I do you I bo- have...
1: no, I was full of gas uh,
0: or uh, oil yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I'm not so, trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I just I was walking him in. I didn't know how long oh, it would take. Walking him in, okay, so in case that's he what had to go somewhere. To but we had this nice conversation, and I sent him a text saying, "Hey, I appreciate you you let me bar your driveway, even though you didn't have a choice. You know." I – some some good kind of kind of wordage there in the text and nothing. I, I just I'm I'm just so disappointed that he yeah, didn't, well, he didn't even reply back with, you know, thanks for letting me know or anything. So anyway, yeah, that happened on Mother's Day. Drew,
0: you're a preacher. You should be used to giving you know well worded um, presentations and then no response. That's true. It, it,
1: this isn't the first time it's happened. Right. It's, it happens all the time. Uh, so I guess I should lower my expectations and 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 quit expecting people to kind of have. <laughs> Those comebacks, I guess. Anyway, that that was my before Sunday this week.
0: All right, then. Well, then this is uh, this is what I want to talk about for my portion of this segment. Uh, this week has been again. I've, I'm still preparing for the summer and whatnot. Um, but what this week has been a lot for me is a lot of catching up, or um, what uh, a friend of mine calls it jaron cramming for a final and i wanted to read this text message i've been watching a lot of the uh, marvel cinematic universe movies movies that drew is really passionate about actually a lot of most i feel like of our church staff gets really pumped about it and i just haven't really been into it you've been
1: anti mcu actually
0: in a lot of ways i've been anti yes i'm anti-oversaturation of markets in general and that okay. d- that's the definition of the MCU for me and
1: it's not gonna get worse which that's I'm not exactly thrilled about what looks like Disney's gonna do with this universe but I, I'm a fan up to this point.
0: Yeah so anyway the the biggest thing I don't know if I said this on the podcast but uh, you know the new Spider-Man trailer came out recently and I, I really like Spider-Man regardless of what universe uh, he resides in just a great character really fun movies. And they released this trailer and it had spoilers for the biggest blockbuster of, you know, the last 20 years or whatever. But it's, it's maybe, you know, biggest blockbuster as far as money goes of all time is where they're, it's, it's tracking. For uh, Avengers Endgame,
1: and thankfully Avatar will be knocked off. I just no, ha- don't yes. no. We can't. You live know, with,
0: I don't agree with that. We can't
1: live in a world any longer when Avatar's number one. Oh, anyway.
0: Stop. This is not. This was not the rabbit trail I wanted to go down. Well, but I might come back to okay, it. Okay. Okay. So this uh, they release this trailer. I really want to watch it, but it says don't watch the trailer. It has spoilers for the last movie. Two weeks, only two weeks after this movie is. Uh, Released, They're putting trailers out for another series that I actually am excited about with spoilers in it. So two things that uh, frustrate me. One is you need to give people way more time than two weeks to put something out there that's going to spoil it. Then they have, like, they released the spoiler ban on, like, all of internet. So now the internet is allowed to talk about the movie only three weeks after. It's just, it it drives me nuts. And pretty much what they're doing, and it has to be part of their plan is we're going to let everyone in the world spoil this movie so that if you ever want to see this movie the way it was intended to, you have to get to the box office, pay $15, $20 to go see this movie, and then we get to beat Avatar. Like It's almost like they're forcing the, the general public to go see their movies in theaters, or we're going to ruin it for you. I'm Does sh- that not bother you at all? This idea that that's what they're driving people to go do?
1: No, because I feel like that's what everybody in the world is doing. Politically, no. with oh, business, okay. and, and just... I think everybody's You're it's trying a product to product of the culture. I think everybody's trying to force our behaviors down a certain pathway. And so, if it's a good if it's a good product, I'll still, I'll go see it. If if not, I won't. But I agree with you. I think there's definitely some uh, motives to get more people going to the theater. That's why they're doing. So this.
0: what I'm doing is I'm trying to see all the movies I need to see so that I can have a good experience at this film. One of the reasons I want to see this film. Is because it is breaking lots of records, and I want to, you know, all, everyone wants to be a part of the you know, zeitgeist or whatever. So that's one of the reasons, and I'm I will admit that. The other one is I just really want to see the Spider-Man trailer. Yeah, that's, that's the, all that's I want.
1: That's the real reason.
0: And so I'm just yeah. trying to get through Endgame to see the Spider-Man trailer, and I'm so close. And the way that I'm getting so close is I have been watching these movies probably two or three uh, a week, which is an insane amount for me normally so uh, i'm doing all these i'm watching all these movies throwing some reviews on social media and uh my friend bryce texts me and he says jaron picking through the mcu is like a college kid that waits until the night before to study for a final which is so true and that's kind of defined my before sunday this whole last week last few weeks is trying to get in right before the buzzer to see this film before um, it's completely ruined for me. And I've stayed away from all spoilers so far, which most people are pretty impressed with because I feel like they're everywhere. That's
1: good. I, I think if you're if you're vigilant, you can probably stay away from most, most spoilers. So. And so I
0: have so far. Yeah. The other thing, in a similar vein, is uh, I've been watching the television show Veep. Not because I'm trying to get in right before the final, because apparently the series already ended. The, fa-
1: the finale was Sunday. But it's yeah. kind of
0: it's kind of interesting that we, I'm in a spot where I'm interacting with these two series, uh, serieses, serieses? Series. Two, these two. Siri. <laughs> I don't know what it is, <laughs> but I'm interacting with these two things and both of them are, have come to a close and so I get to kind of experience the whole thing all at once, which is normally not what I like to do, but it's been fairly enjoyable, so... I hope to, uh, I'll finish Veep in the coming months. I won't go too quickly through yeah, it. Yeah, you're
1: not trying to cram for that. You're just enjoying that. I'm just enjoying experience. it, but it happens to yeah. be
0: over, yeah. And hope to see uh, Endgame and the Spider-Man trailer by this weekend. So That'd be great. Yeah, you'll be better off for it. Uh, Drew, have you, this is my last thing, and then we'll move on. Uh, I promise, listeners. Uh, have you been keeping up with my reviews for these movies that you uh, hold dear? Uh, not all of them. I, I need, okay. to catch, need
1: to catch all the way up. I've read a few. Uh, I haven't responded yet to your Guardians of the Galaxy review because I do think you're a hater on that one. And, uh, and I don't want to come across too, uh, too upset. I need to process my grief and anger a little bit before I uh, uh, chime in on that review. But no, I, I think, that, you know, i actually a little surprised on how positive some of them have been. And so, uh, which I give you credit for for being willing to always, give something a second that way. chance. And, uh, and I've so. always
0: been that way. People expect me just to rail on things for the sake of being like it's cool to hate certain. That you hear that like it's cool to hate certain things. That's not what I'm trying to do. I will give things credit where credit is due. It right. just takes a little bit more to get credit from me in general. I feel yeah. like, yeah. but then I'm I'm you a you withhold fan. you withhold that. Uh, but yeah. I'm a fanboy of other things too. No, so you I'm just can't. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, That's no. But
1: I've been I was been, uh, been impressed. Uh, some of the reviews are way better than I thought they would be. So,
0: so hopefully by yeah. next episode, I'll give you my my final take on the series as a whole. And we can
1: ruin it for our listeners who haven't seen it yet next week. No, I
0: will not. Okay. I will not do okay. that. You know that. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's move on to what people are here to listen to, which is the next segment and uh, the next piece of First John, which is our uh, Sunday segment. So we're in a series right now called In Search of Life, and it's a study of First John. Uh, last week was, I guess, oh man, what was that? Was that week two or three of the series? Yes, yeah, week
1: two, because you, you got it started with week one in Graduate Sunday, and uh, kind of the opening... Chapter. That's right. That's right. Thoughts about um, kind of walking in the light, um, but there's still darkness in play. Uh, kind right. of our journey of faith has both light and darkness in it.
0: That's right. So yeah. people know a little bit about the background of First John, right. but uh, Drew, if you would give a quick, uh, you know, description of the series that we're in, and then just go straight into what uh, this week, uh, what the the title and passages for this week, and then I'll, I'll read it for. Uh, yeah, sounds
1: good. Well, in Search of Life, you know, you think I think about this on a couple of levels. One is we are um, always searching, always. There's, there's certain scientific communities and, and, and organizations searching for the signs of life in the universe, right? Uh, we are we're, we're have satellites focus that direction, and we're listening, and we're searching, and, and maybe there's life out there. But as we search for life, there's, uh, we also are searching for what makes life meaningful here uh, on our planet and what, what is it that matters the most. And so last week, we thought about love, And hate, um, and how we're tempted to, to, it's so easy to hate things, and how we're called to walk that hard road of love and choose love. And so we we focused on that. And then this week, uh, we're thinking about our interaction with the world, this world in which we live, as we think about what matters in life. Um, How do we stay on course? How do we stay on track and avoid um, going astray? So the title is Astray, Adrift, and Askew. And those are all just kind of different ways of thinking about how our lives can get off track and away from what's meaningful and what matters most.
0: Sounds good. Let me read uh, for our listeners and just for us as a, as a uh, reminder of what we're going to be looking at to this upcoming Sunday. It's 1 John, and it's two kind of uh, quick snapshots of uh, things that are happening in chapter 2. So I'll skip around just a little bit, but it'll be uh, 15 through 19 are the verses, and then skipping to 26 through 28. When I'm done reading, Drew will kind of walk through the main uh, bullet points, really, uh, the highlights of these uh, of this passage. So first John, chapter two: "Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went from us, but they did not really belong to us, for they had belonged to us they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Drew, I'll hand it off to you.
1: Thanks for reading that, and uh, I'll start at the beginning, just focus on this idea of world, and uh, the Joe and I community I the Gospel of John and the letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, uh, have a lot to say about the world, and so... As we go into this particular teaching on the world, it's, it's good for us to remember all that's been said and all that this community believes about the world. For instance, John 1, 29, uh, Jesus is announced as the Lamb who is the Savior uh, takes away the sins of the world. So it's not just the sins of, of us who are in the community, but it's the sins of the world. There's this big picture view of what Jesus is doing. John three sixteen, for God to love the world. Uh, and then follows that up with the idea that Jesus didn't come to condemn, but to save. And then this series of things that happen in the first few chapters of the Gospel of John. Uh, John 4, the woman at the well has this conversation. She goes off to her town, tells people about what she, what she's, what's happened and who she's met. And they come and see Jesus. And they say, now that we see for ourselves that he's the Savior of the world. And then uh, John 8, he's the light of the world. Uh, John 6, he's the bread of life for all the world. And so there's this idea throughout this kind of whole gospel of John, and even into 1 John uh, chapter 2 and verse 2, that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice, not just for us, but for the entire world. So there's this big idea where we understand God loves the world. God is seeking to save everyone in the world. It, it's This is for everyone. Uh, and so as we think about that, that's where this uh, teaching comes into play. We think about the other side of our life in the world and how there are these desires that are worldly, that pull us away from what God wants us to do and who he wants us to be. Uh, so that's the way that we think about not loving the world. It's not that we're against what God is. God loves the world, but there's certain things in the world that, that God doesn't love. Uh, the desires, the uh, the lust, the, the greed, the envy, um, the pride, those kinds of things uh, are, are, I guess, native to the world. And we have those, we deal with those daily. And so there's this constant, um, I guess, negotiation in our minds. We make sure that we're loving people, but we're not being formed by the world. We're being formed by God and God's Son and God's Spirit. Um, And so I think that's just a helpful thing to keep in mind as we think about not loving the world.
0: Yeah, if we're going to have constructive conversation about this passage in first john specifically we need to realize and recognize that when the world is talked about in scripture it could be uh fairly vague at times you know you just went through a whole bunch of verses where world is mentioned um and first john says all these things and now don't be one that loves the world and so we have to make sure that we're gonna have good conversation about what this text, this specific passage in 1 John is teaching us. We have to define the world as it is defined in 1 John. And so that's a question that we're going to make sure that we have at our tables on Sunday is what is 1 John talking about when he talks about the world? And is it exactly the same as what Jesus is talking about in the gospel of John or what other new Testament writers are talking about when they talk about John or talk about the world? So that's going to be one of our questions is define what does John mean by the world? in this passage, at least.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great. And hopefully some of the things we do in the teaching time will help that conversation. And so, and another aspect of this is how the text in verse 17 says, the world and its desires pass away. Whatever does the will of God lives forever. That's kind of the focal point is that we're investing our lives in what is forever and eternal, not in what is passing away. In fact, the very next verse in verse 18 uh, talks about being the last hour, so there was this expectation in in First John and in many New Testament letters, and this this idea that the end was near, and there was a sense of urgency. Is uh, and so the New Testament theology is really one that is focused on the end. Uh, you could, if you compare it to the Old Testament, you know, it's not it's not you know uh, cut and dry this way, but Old Testament theology is rooted in the beginning in creation in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean. Why do we have the Sabbath? Because God rests on the seventh day. It's rooted in the creation story, um, and New Testament theology is is also rooted in that. But it also has a clear focus on Christ's return. Uh, many letters do this about being pure and blameless on the day of Christ. Uh, here in this this text, uh, being uh, confident and unashamed when we appear before Christ when He returns. And so there's this focal point on the endgame. We talked about the movie Endgame, right? But uh, the end game of our life is really motivates us to stay focused on what's important. And, and that's a big thing. And that's why we can resist the worldly desires, is because they're going to pass away. And if we're focused on the end game and growing and, and staying focused on Christ and his return, uh, then we'll be investing in what's eternal.
0: It's interesting to me that the writer yeah. of this letter takes uh, a moment to define what he's talking about a little bit when he talks about the desires of this world or the things in this world that maybe we tend to love instead of a love for the father. Um, a few of the things that he mentions, um, the lust of the eyes, um, this pride of life, um, there's, there's, what was the last one I'm missing?
1: Well, it's less of the flesh, and then less of the eyes. Less yeah, of the yeah. flesh, less yeah. of the
0: eyes, pride of life. Yeah. Um. There's another translation that I was reading that had to say the lust of the eyes, and then the, uh, the pride of the things that you have and the things that you do. And so this idea of maybe even greed is at play here. Yeah. Um. But it's interesting that those are the, the few things that John takes a little bit of time to uh, help us define what are types of these desires. And so another question that we'll have around our tables is, okay, if that's, we're just going to work with those three things right now. uh, Surely the love of the world manifests itself in many different ways, but um, which of those three, the three that this writer really wants to point out to his audience, which one of those impacts you the most? Um, And to be honest with one another about it, we talked about honesty two weeks ago when I was able to, to bring a message to our church and just being able to say, no, we are living in a time where there is a push and pull between light and dark. There is a push and pull between the spiritual realm and this physical realm. And so uh, to have an honest conversation at our table, like, no, you know, this pride of life is what really impacts me uh, in a negative way. I can't get over the things that I have driving my love for continuing to get more and more things. Uh, so anyway, that's another part of our conversation around tables because of our time in First John.
1: Yeah, that's great. And uh, there's ways that all of those kind of kind of interact within ourselves and around us and impact us negatively. And so uh, that's a good conversation to have at our tables. And then uh, kind of just kind of tying this all together a little bit, um, kind of in in the the end of the verses that we read for you, and then other parts of First John. There's this idea of how we have this anointing, um, and we re- remain in the anointing. It's kind of this way of talking about how we have the Spirit of God with us, and so. Uh, we're always uh, remembering that the one in us is greater than the one in the world. Uh, that the world and its evil desires, at least, are in the realm of you know the antichrist or, or evil. And, and I like the way First John talks about antichrist. You know, it doesn't have this big A, capital A. There's this one person who's the you know personification of evil, and uh, you, that's a that's a fool's errand to figure out who that is, I believe. And so First John in this community kind of lowercase A and just thinks about whoever is against Christ, especially among those who claim to be with Christ, right? Uh, who say Jesus didn't come in the flesh, who say Jesus isn't from God, that's who is against us, Um, and who is for us is greater than those who are against us. Um, And so this idea of uh, trusting God, remembering our anointing, that's what really helps us stay focused on what's most important, loving each other, loving God, working toward an end game and thinking about how we need to get ready and stay ready for this end that's coming. Um, and so this the, the Spirit plays a key role in helping us discern uh, what is of God and what is not of God.
0: Yeah, you just, you just said it there that the Spirit does play a role in us figuring out and discerning the difference between the two. And I know, and I truly believe that the people who come together in faith, in a congregation, at a church, they have uh, different and unique experiences in their life with the same spirit, right? So one spirit, but many people who are made up in the, in the church. And so uh, to be able to ask ourselves the question, okay, if anointing does play a major role in this whole process, which I think there's a reason why the author of First John wants to explicitly mention it. And I love uh, the phrase that I, uh, that I read in Scripture just a moment ago about how uh, you were anointed, and so there's nothing left for you to be taught but the anointing will continue to teach you or like no one will come and right. teach you. But the fact that the spirit is constantly like teaching you something, um, because of your anointing. And so to ask ourselves, okay, what role does the spirit play in my life to uh, help me avoid the desires of the, of the flesh, uh, desires of this world? And uh, what role does the spirit play in my life to point me more towards the will of the father and the love of the father? So, uh, though we have the same spirit and we believe in the same spirit, that we all share, uh, I do believe that it moves in unique ways even around one table on a, on a Sunday morning. Sure,
1: and I think it's an interesting uh, thought there that the Spirit is all we need, right? The Spirit is our teacher. Um, I think it's also important to remember the ways the Spirit teaches. Uh, the Spirit teaches through other people, and so we, yeah. the community still plays a role. And, and interesting in love, and, and back in John talks about the Spirit even convicting the world of sin. So the Spirit is at work Everywhere in the world, not just kind of among those of us who have been anointed, and so this idea that we have all we need, right? We, sometimes we think we need something else to to be the kind of person we need to be, but we have the Spirit. That's what. That's all we need, and uh, that's a good thought that you you're helping us think through uh, with that question. And you know, as we always do when it, it kind of gets to the uh, kind of focal point of this podcast and of our time together on Sunday, is how do we want how do we want this story? to shape us? Um, what, what about our belief? And so uh, one of the interesting things that happens here is it helps us, uh, this, this story helps us know when and where we are. Uh, so what, what does that mean? Think about um, what time is it? Uh, one of the things that has disappeared is the need to ask anyone what time it is. Everyone yeah, has true. a device. Everyone, I mean, even if you don't have a watch, you have a phone that has time on it. But I remember growing up, there was a lot of situations where You were either being asked what time it was, or you needed to figure it out. But whenever I'm asked that today, I'm like, "Who are you? How do you not know what time it is?" Yeah, that's
0: no, that's exactly what I was gonna say. That's a good point. Now, if you get asked, you're almost like taken aback by it and offended that like they don't know it themselves.
1: And then I'm then I like critique myself because that's such a judgmental place to be. But that is the first thought I have is, "How do you not know what time
0: it is?" But then I'm like, "How." Why am I that way? So, yeah, because then your next thought is, why don't you just pull out your phone? Yeah. And it's like, yo, you mean the supercomputer that you have in your pocket? Yeah. Like, why don't you just have one of those? You don't have one of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's just, it's a weird world that we yeah. live in. So
1: anyway, kind of what time it is from this big bigger picture is what I'm really focused on. And when when are we? Uh, so we're in a place and time where God has acted in Christ and is, is, through Christ is seeking to save the world. Uh, that it's, This is for everyone, and so uh, we're in this time where God has stepped in in Christ and, and acted in a very definitive way. Um, we're also before the time when Christ returns, and so we're in between this time where God has acted on behalf of humanity and before God comes back to bring all things to its uh, consummation, to an end, and so this is where we live. Um, one of my favorite authors, Marva Dawn, and, and there's others who do this too, but talks about this age where we live is kind of a uh, uh, kind of a spiritual improvisation. Uh, you think about improv when you see people do things kind of on the fly to make you laugh. You know, you, they ask you for an idea, then they do something to, to be funny. And so you think about Christian improv, we don't have, we're not given all the answers. We do have the spirit, which is all we need. And so there's, as things happen, it's sort of this kind of spiritual improvisation along with each other. We're trying to figure out what's the best way to love God, love people in this situation. And so uh, that's when we are. Uh, we're, we've, God has acted in Christ, and God's going to come back in Christ, um, and we're in between. That's, that's the time. And so that's why 1 John and so many others in the New Testament focus our attention on the end, because it is all about getting ready and staying ready, which is our uh, behavior. Um, I, I think that's, you know, when we are and where we are um, in this kind of time and place, uh, the behavior, the action item is to get ready if we're not ready, and to stay ready. Uh, one of my favorite stories uh, of Saint Francis of Assisi, who's who's attributed a lot of stories that probably didn't happen, but a lot of stories that did, and so he's kind of this figure in history that gets just collects a lot of stories. Yeah, he's like
0: the Christian Chuck Norris. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a
1: great that's a great analogy. And so, uh, but one of the stories that I believe is true, but you never know with the Christian Chuck Norris if yeah. it is or not. Uh, but he is working in his garden, and someone asked him, you know, if you we uh, were told that everything was going to end in, say, 30 minutes. I don't know if that's the exact right time that he was given, uh, but what would you do um, in your last 30 minutes on earth? Right. And he said, I would finish working in my garden. Uh, this idea that he is ready and he stays ready. There's nothing he has to go frantically around to do in order to get ready for the end. And I just love that idea. Uh, even if it is apocryphal of some degree, it's, it's a good thought to think about. If we found out we had 30 minutes left, are we in a place where we go around frantically trying to tell people things or get things ready? Yeah. Or do we live our life ready? Uh, and I think that's that's the challenge from this text. What First John wants from his community and from us as we read it is to get ready if we're not and then just live a life where we stay ready.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting that you bring that story up. I've never, I've never heard it uh, told like that, but it sounds almost identical to the story that my mom and my grandma would tell me about my uh, granddaddy who I never met. He died before I was born. And so all I have are really his stories. And um, I look a lot like my grandpa. Like we look at pictures um, when he was a teenager or a young adult, I look very similar to him. So he's like kind of one of those people in my life who I know I owe a lot, at least physically, you know, because of uh, him. But I never met him, don't know anything about him really. And they tell a story of him, uh, he got lung cancer. And so uh, that's what he died of and they to- they told him you have a few months or whatever and what do you want to do what do and they were thinking it wasn't a-, a spiritual question like you know who are the people you need to go confess to you know who are the what's the-, the part of the bible you haven't read yet it wasn't questions like that it was like oh where do you want to go you know like a bucket list, bucket item. list idea, right? yeah yeah and uh, and he said no we're just going to live the way that we always have because we've, all- we've always lived this way you know just very much like no I- why would i change anything i'm always this way like this is right. how I live and so to put that into spiritual terms as like you're so caught co- you have this confidence uh you know when you're going to possibly uh meet your maker type uh mindset that no you don't I'm just going to finish what I'm doing because I'm ready I'm gonna and I'm just gonna stay this way there's nothing I gotta get ready for right so I love anyway that's I need to tell my family that story because I think they would appreciate that's great
1: it's a good connection and yes we have St. Francis of Assisi and St. Francis of San Antonio that's right right? so uh, yeah that's great I love that yeah so no uh, that that's that's a a good connection and so you know we're all we all if we do some self-reflection and and do some sort of self-awareness know where we are Uh, and so the challenge here is just uh, you you know get ready what do we do what do we need to do to get ready what do we need to do to stay ready Uh, that's the challenge for this week
0: yeah, we're going I want to talk a little bit more about that uh, here in a second uh, to get maybe a, put a little bit more meat on the bones of that because uh, it's good for us to remember, yes, we know uh, we need to remember you know when we are and where we are, uh, Where do we fall in this spectrum of the desires in the world passing away, but then ourselves living on into eternity because of the will of the Father and the love of the Father. We know where we are in that spectrum. Uh, and we got to remember uh, that we got to get ready and stay ready. That last part, the behavior part, is where the que- I have the questions, okay, what do I do to get – because, you know, what if I'm not like St. Francis and I don't feel like I need to keep gardening because right now my garden is terrible. Right, there's
1: some stuff I – yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I want to talk a little yeah. bit more about that here in a second. Uh, before we do – I want to go through the two questions we always have fun with. Uh, one is when we come around tables on Sunday morning, when we have our breakout experience, we dive deeper for the sake of transformation. We have a fun icebreaker that's connected to the story. Uh, a uh, break open question is what we call it. And then we have the featured question. The one question that we really want uh, our listeners to spend even more time with so that when they come on Sunday mornings, they're even more prepared uh, to, to have this conversation with those that are in attendance the break open question I really like and I'm excited to talk about it. it's a little bit goofier but I'll explain why this is an important question to get us going in the right direction what is a television show or band that you love that was canceled or broke up or just no longer exists I was able to come up with a bunch immediately do you have any uh, that come to mind oh
1: yeah so just right off the bat you know I was just torn up when NSYNC broke up like no, uh, you are not. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember calling my friends and just said, can you have you heard the news? And, uh, I mean, in tears were in my eyes. I was choked up on the phone.
0: Um, I don't believe that and, for a
1: uh, second. I even have a poster that uh, I, I keep, uh, you know, just on display in my bedroom. Um, no, today, I, today, you have yeah, the, yeah, it's still yeah, in your it's bedroom. It's still there, <laughs> on the ceiling, actually. Because I lay yes. in bed, I look up, it's, it's above me. That's um, awesome. So, no, no, sync did not uh, even make a dent in my existence. But uh, – Go, anyway, go on, going, on. Go yeah, on. one one band that I really did enjoy is White Stripes. And so Jack White, you may know him. He's yeah. a very good musician. A lot of different kind of taste and interest, and does a lot of different things. In fact, I think he did the song that Conan uses on his podcast. He gave him a yeah, shout. Yeah. He gave him a shout out.
0: Which is which is also it's a uh, uh, cover of a, another song, right? He it, did the co- yeah. He yeah. did
1: the cover of the song, right? Yeah. And so anyway, uh, but that was an interesting thing because when they started, if I remember this right. They didn't let on that they were like siblings. They were brother and sister. They
0: white stripes. Yeah,
1: like they came. They did. They just kept that hidden from people at first. Huh. Some on somehow. Interesting. And so and then it, anyway, they just wanted to keep that kind of ambiguous. And anyway, they broke up. Uh, I, and I still like Jack White and still like White Stripes music. On the TV show side, real quick, the first thing that came to mind was Quantum Leap. So this is back in the 80s. That's funny. Quantum Leap is this, I mean... Is it funny that I'd say my
0: dad loved Quantum Leap? How no, does that make no, you feel? No, that doesn't...
1: That's awesome, I think. I, I, I want to hang out with your dad more <laughs> after hearing that. And so, um, Quantum Leap was a show that involved time travel, which is a big win for me. Anything yeah. with time travel. Also, the, the idea, this, he's going back and putting things right that went wrong. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Who's the, the actor? Uh, Samuel Beckett is the character's name, and it's... Samuel Beckett, that was actually no, 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 no. his name. No, uh, yeah, that was his name in the show, which is Scott Bakula. Bakula is the actor, yeah.
0: Does he kind of look like, um,
1: Dean Stockwell was Al, yeah.
0: Does he kind of look like, uh, uh, oh, why can't I not remember his, uh, Henry Winkler? Does he kind of look like Henry? Yeah, Winkler? yeah,
1: he kind of does, yeah. Okay, so anyway, so this show is, I think it was only on for like five years and. Um, going back that's a
0: good run five years but here's
1: the problem and so they they ended it without giving a chance to end the show like it just it just didn't get renewed there was no finale and so uh, going back and watching it it is kind of slow slower paced than I remembered and so it's not one of those shows that you can go back and watch now but um, and enjoy as much but I just remember one of the things that um, he kept every show he tried to leave home like he went back in time and couldn't get home that was that was the journey he would just keep looping from person to person, and the person from the future, Al, would come and help him know what he needed to do to make this right, and every time he hoped to get home. And so he never got home. The show just ended.
0: That is and that's it's, pretty terrible. The
1: one thing that, there was a little bit of redemption because the one story he didn't make right was uh, a, a story of the Al, the guy who would come back and help him. Uh, when he was a prisoner of war, uh, his wife thought he was dead and remarried, and so this led to kind of a series of relationships that just... He never could get over that. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, the the last episode, he goes back and makes that right um, and and fixes that in the past. And so you feel a little bit good that there's some closure, but he never gets home. And so I'm still fed up with NBC. And, in fact, if I run into anybody that works there, I know they didn't work there in the 80s, (laughs) but I'm going to bring it up.
0: Hey, you never know.
1: I'm going to bring it up. It's going to be, why did you not give point on leave? At least least give them a two-hour, like block to finish their show
0: yeah that's at never, least give that's them like a special happen. like the best you can hope for is for an snl skit to do a a parody of a quantum leap finale yeah i and think that's the best you can hope that's for. true and
1: if it were, if that would to happen today there's like a million ways they could do it they could go on netflix or amazon prime or just some random website yeah, to crackle. Finish the show. they
0: could do it on crackle this is
1: pre-internet pre-al gore inventing the internet so you can't do this so anyway that's what I thought of.
0: No, I'm glad. That's a, yeah, that wasn't, that was a, I'm glad you shared that. It felt like, it sounded like you needed to get it off your chest. Yes, I did. So uh, I'll I'll go with, uh, I'll, I'll say my quick piece about a show because it just got canceled, splitting up together. I literally just talked about it. No, I've, I've been thinking about watching it because you glow about it's it. It's got, yeah. It got canceled. It got canceled. And it's not even close to finishing. Like it's. A, this was his first year, right? Second, second, second season. Second season. Two okay. seasons in. Two seasons in. Okay. But everything's getting canceled because Netflix, Amazon, HBO—these are the things. These are the places that are killing the normal network shows, right? Because they're they have more money, so they pay actors, they pay writers. I mean, it's just it, they're cannibalizing yeah. the uh, the network shows, which is really sad. And I hear there's a lot of good network shows that are leaving because of that or getting canceled. I just don't think they can survive in the climate. So that's one that's really upsetting to me. But uh, the the two things that came to my mind immediately are uh there's a band uh, called harvard that i discovered in college and they were so good i saw them in concert they were amazing they had two albums and i don't remember ever seeing them like say they've broken up or they're doing something different it's just every time i look them up to see like if they has a new album or if they're touring somewhere else it still says that like they will be in you know tuscaloosa in 2013 like you know, the summer of twenty thirteen. Interesting
1: that they got to Tuscaloosa with another another school, Alabama, that wears crimson, which is similar to Harvard. I know that's oh, what you, I know that's what you were thinking. That's not what I. That's was That's the thinking. reason you said Tuscaloosa. But. What
0: I was thinking is that my wife and I just watched The Bachelorette, and that girl is from oh, Tuscaloosa. That's right, that girl. So, so I mean, the Bachelorette, the girl. Okay, yeah. the you, woman. You said it so
1: like, yeah. You said it so like, oh, this little girl. Oh little no, little no, shirt, no, like, like, no!
0: I'm just saying the main character, I'm the big
1: guy, except <laughs> for the little guy, right? So
0: I, I, I'm sticking up for. her. Anyway, that's why. I, that's I think that was the only reason. Okay. But anyway, that 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 band I loved and and kind of. I don't know where they are. They might still be together. They just don't have a digital presence. So, they're really
1: snobby and, you know, we're sweater vests and, you know, they're really intellectual. I guess. Music and, no, they're like yeah.
0: hardcore. Anyway, oh, I don't know, know why they're gone. The yeah. last one before we move on, because this is, this is taking too much time, but I like to talk about it. Um, and it, the reason i bring this up, because it's perfect for First John, there is a comic book, um, uh, like series called American Jesus. It was written by Mark Millar. And Mark Millar wrote Wanted, uh, you know, the movie Wanted. uh, Mark Millar wrote um, King's Men. I mean, so it just really, these big... I finally
1: finally said something I've heard of. Okay.
0: You know Wanted with Angelina Jolie and the Curving Bullet, James McAvoy?
1: No. Really? Never never saw it.
0: I mean, I haven't seen it either, but it's a book, and it got made into a movie. All of his stuff gets made into movies because they don't know what to do with it. They're like, oh, no one reads comics. Let's do this. I'm going to rant about that, too. So, anyway, American Jesus... uh, has this huge cliffhanger ending where the idea is that Jesus comes back into America and he comes back as a boy in rural America and he's doing miracles and people are like, oh, this is the second coming, he's here. Um, And there's this huge cliffhanger where uh, Jesus, um, like you find out that he isn't necessarily who you thought he was. And it's the biggest cliffhanger of all time. It came out in like early 2000s. And we don't know if this guy, the American Jesus, is actually Jesus, or if he is the Antichrist, and that's like, and you don't, you just don't find out, and everyone's waiting for Volume Two, Volume Two, and it's never come. So that's something that's uh, I've been waiting for for a long time, and I don't think it's ever going to happen. It Just kind of got pushed to the side. So
1: interesting. So anyway, it wasn't meant to end that way. No, like the no, same. they
0: wanted to continue the story, uh, okay. and uh, they just never got around to it. Hmm. I guess it could, it, but it's a fine ending. It's not like your quantum leap uh, dilemma. It's true, but yeah. uh, anyway, no, this nothing
1: is as severe as that. <laughs>
0: This comes up because uh, we are told, right, and we know this, that things in this world, they pass away. I mean, it is it is a, a temporary experience, and we're trying to look for what what is the will of the Father, the love of the Father, what are the things that can—how uh, do we invest in things that aren't going to be passing away? And so uh, that's just a fun way to get into that conversation about the temporary nature of things in this world, Um Not trying to make any sort of profound uh, statement of evil on television shows or bands, uh, but just a fun way to get into the temporary nature of things. And so uh, hopefully that's a fun question for people, but that's just a lead way, uh, just a way to, a segue to get into our featured question. Drew, will you read our featured question and then we'll, uh, we've about 10 minutes left. Awesome. So.
1: The end game of Christ's return and being confident and unashamed before Christ, and that's a direct phrase from the text, confident and unashamed before Christ when he returns, is a major point of emphasis in New Testament teaching. Uh, so what helps us get ready for the end game? What helps us stay ready?
0: I'll start this out, and because it, it my answer for this has a lot to do with uh, time, and maybe yours is a similar answer. Uh, I think that the, the best way to get ready is to stay aware of time. So that belief that you talked about uh, of knowing when and where we are, I think that the best way for us to prepare and get ready for the quote unquote end game, um, is to understand the difference, uh, between what is forever and what's not. Um, I've said it a billion times and it's something that I even heard, you know, just recently again, that, uh, you know, the life we're looking for forever starts today, you know, it starts now. And so it's not something that we are looking for the things that we say, no, I can invest in the temporary, the things that pass away, because my real life, my real Christian destiny isn't going to start until death and afterwards. And it's that that means that I'm not ready at all, because how can you start getting ready in in an environment that was never made to last? You know, and this goes to uh, another one of my favorite lines in this First John passage is, uh, if I can find it really quickly, uh, it has to do with that line in, I think, verse 17, right here, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So it's the, the world and desires are the things that pass away, but it's a who, it's a person, it's humanity that has the eternal quality. And so, uh, to be aware that the things that are people, the who's in your life, uh, those are the things that, that last forever. And if we have that as our priority, um, then we don't have to be, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, cramming for a final, you know, cause you're always aware of what, what are the things that are eternal and which ones are not. So. Sure.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of us without realizing it, maybe we do realize it, we, 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 do think about, well, I'll have time later. I can cram for that final, Um, you know, but we're not guaranteed another day. And so the end for us may be tomorrow even. And so uh, the idea of we'll have time, we can't always rely upon that. Uh, So we have to to think about what we need to to get ready and stay ready. So for me, I'll just be quick. I I think this idea for me is is really, is just be a person of prayer. Um, So if you need to get ready, start praying where you are, just start praying more. Um, and I think the prayer life that we have helps us get and stay ready, and I, I think prayer is such a vital thing. If We have time where we focus on prayer, and that helps us turn all of life into prayer so that if we're reading scripture, if we're worshiping, if we're working, if we're doing the dishes, if we're uh, waiting for our car to get fixed, whatever we're doing, it can become prayer because we've focused certain parts of the day on prayer, and so I think prayer helps us discern what's important helps us stay focused on what's important. Um, and so for me, getting ready and staying ready is defined by our prayer life.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it goes perfectly with the challenge that we've already mentioned, but I'm going to read it uh, as I have it here on this piece of paper, the challenge for this week. And uh, maybe we can make a, a comment or two about this challenge. Um, but it, it says this, pick one thing you can do this week to help you get ready or stay ready for Christ's return. Share this with someone and pay attention to how this helps you become more like God. Uh, Drew, you you wrote this challenge. Uh, talk a little bit more about what you hope uh, this will spur in, in our congregation and those that spend time with us on Sunday.
1: So as you spend time with the teaching or spend time listening to this text or around your tables talking about this story, uh, there will be something that is said or something you think that, connects with what you need to do to get ready or or stay ready or or what I need to do. And for me, I mentioned prayer. And so the way I'm going to practice this as we go through this this week and next is uh, this idea of praying the hours. You know, throughout Christian history and even into some of the Psalms and even uh, the Hebrew people, there were certain hours of the day where they would pray. And so I have different times of the day where I pray, but I'm going to have a week where I just schedule at this hour, no matter what's going on, I'm going to stop and pray. Um, and so instead of just fitting it in when I can, I'm going to have a fixed hour uh, prayer life that helps me stay ready. And that's what I'm that's how I'm going to apply it. So whatever you think or hear as you encounter this story or spend time listening to the teaching or spend time listening to people around your tables, there should be something that the God's spirit teaches you that you need to do in order to get ready or stay ready. And so I just encourage you to practice that this next week.
0: Yeah, this is something that I even, I'm going to have to spend a little bit more time with, you know, because when I talk about our featured question and trying to be aware of the things that are temporary, aware of things that are not, especially paying close attention to how, you know, I think we believe that humanity was made for eternity. You know, what is that, how does that influence my actions? And how do I continue tending to the garden if I feel like I'm doing that in a meaningful way at this moment or not? So. Yeah, this is something that uh, I'll need to keep thinking on, and I- I'm excited for other people to to you know maybe help me through it as well. Coming up this this Sunday, uh, Drew. That's it for this episode, uh, episode 16 of Considerable Thought. Astray, adrift, and askew is what we just talked about, and we're going to talk about it more on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. at Care Church next week. We will be back for episode 17. And uh, Drew, just tell us what we can look forward to next time on Considerable Thought. Yeah, we'll
1: be in First John four, just one uh, passage this time instead of a couple of different ones. Oh, thank goodness! Yes, and that's always helpful. So, First John four seven through twenty one, uh, this kind of this long meditation on uh, love and God is love, and we're called to love, and all that that means. And so, uh, and the title is God became one of us, so that. And then just kind of leave it hanging. We'll figure that out next week.
0: Sounds good. Uh, Again, if you're listening uh, and you don't know this, uh, this is a Care Church podcast. And on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., we gather for our worship experience uh, where we sing together and we listen to scripture and we let it shape us and transform us. And so uh, we invite you to come and join us uh, to bring a friend or a neighbor Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here at Care Church in Richardson. Uh, Next week, we'll be back for another episode, but until then, take care.